the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the show. I am Seth as we head into hour two of our daily three-hour tour this Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. A lot in the news. The economy has not gone away. The problems with our economy has not gone away. How about putting someone in the military with vast economic and business experience into Congress to help it? Think Kelly Cooper for Congress. You want to learn more about Kelly Cooper? Kelly Cooper, Arizona. Dot com. Kelly is K-E-L-L-Y-C-O-O-P-E-R. You know how to spell Arizona. Dot com. Kelly, how are you, sir? I am excellent, sir. How are you? I'm doing just fine. You are a former Marine. You are a businessman. I want to talk about your business, uh, the restaurant industry. I want to talk about inflation and the economy. But I got to tease you a little first. I was just I, I kept I keep seeing your pictures and I keep trying to figure out who you remind me of. Am I the first okay. person to ever say that you remind me of Sergeant Carter from Gomer Pyle USMC? <laughs> you were you a Marine, are. they were That's Marines. You look who was that actor? Frank Sutton, I think. You look you are a spitting image of Sergeant Carter, which is a compliment. I want that guy in Congress. I want you in Congress. I'm, Am I the first though? Has anyone ever told you that? No, you are you <laughs> All right, so now when someone first. says what's the strangest thing you've heard on the campaign trail, it's when Seth leaps and called me Sergeant Carter. Okay. <laughs> Hundred percent. All right, you've heard stranger. You've probably heard stranger. You've heard worse. It was meant to. Succumb. Oh, I've definitely heard worse. Okay. All right, friend. All right, my friend. You're in the restaurant industry. <laughs> um, you, uh, you have gosh knows. You've employed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in. Uh, where are we talking? District four, right? Um, con- yep. Congressional District four. So that's going to be large parts of Mesa. Uh, what Tempe, a little Chandler, a little Gilbert. What, what, what's basically the new District Four, Kelly? Yeah, so the new District Four covers Awatuki, yep, Chandler, Tempe, and Mesa. Yeah, so it's all of Awatuki, all of Tempe, Chandler, north of the South Two Hundred Two, yeah, and Mesa, north of the Sixty. Okay, so that right. dividing line is right about McQueen. So it sort of does that little loop over. Yeah. So this is one of the newer. Dis- this was one of the new districts. Uh, so you'll be running uh, to take out uh, Greg Stanton, which we need to do. Uh, and as I, yeah, as I mentioned, you have vast uh, experience both in military. But let's talk economy a little bit because the restaurant business. Talk to me first of all the kind of indicators restaurants and the restaurant business serves in serves as far as inflation predictors, recession predictors. Does the restaurant industry is it a leading indicator? Is it a lagging indicator? What do you guys see from your place? Uh, if you're paying attention, it's a leading indicator. So over the last six weeks or so. There's been a decline in restaurant sales in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 percent, uh, fast food, high-end, fast casual, uh, full-service restaurants. And, you know, historically, even through most of this stuff, you know, through the, the main bulk of, of COVID, that first year, a lot of restaurants were hit really hard. Uh, but because of that, a lot of other restaurants saw an increase in demand that they just couldn't keep up with because you didn't have employees. 
Now what you're seeing is, well, you still can't find employees, but now what you're seeing is uh, a decline in sales and, and revenue visitation based on uh, what's happening with the economy. You know, average, average American, average Arizonan can't just go and take $6 a gallon gas or even five fifty a gallon gas and just roll through it like, that doesn't affect me, no big deal. 75% of us are, are living financially strapped at this point based on the policies of, of this administration. And frankly, uh, the stuff that Greg Stanton doesn't really stand up for us on. So from that perspective, I would say it's a leading indicator if you're paying attention because you will see a decline in sales. But oftentimes, uh, restaurateurs don't really notice it until it's become really dramatic and they're trying to cut cut staff levels and uh, react instead of being proactive. Uh, we're talking to Kelly Cooper, candidate for Congress, kellycooperarizona.com. Kelly, how much of this... Let me hold that question. You mentioned if you can get employees. Talk to me about that particular problem. You're not the first I'm hearing it from. Everyone's saying, no, employment's pretty full right now. We're doing pretty good on unemployment. Eh, You talk to business owners, it's not the same story. Tell tell me a little bit about that, if you can get employees. Yeah, so really good employers can find people. Um, uh, They still struggle. Um, a lot of restaurants that are struggling to have consistent sales or struggling to have consistent um, visitation from people uh, oftentimes will struggle. And a lot of it is based on uh, the employee can go get another job literally at the snap of a finger. Uh, if if you don't do exactly what they want, uh, and I don't mean an us and them version of it, but if they're asking for a day off and you can't accommodate that. They're gone. They can go get another job yeah, yeah. the next day yeah. anywhere they want. Yeah. I mean, forget the next day in the next two hours, and somebody will put them out in the dining room because we're all desperate. I mean, we're all trying to capture the sales that that's out there. But if you can't if you can't find the staff, it's hard to do that, and it's hard to keep up. And you know, tying that back to the economy. And I assume that at some point we're going to talk to the talk about this recession yeah, that's yeah. coming. Yeah, let's go ahead transition if you want. Feel free. So, so one of those real indicators, uh, because the administration and a lot of uh, financial wonky guys and ladies have talked about this, is here's why we're insulated. Because unemployment's really low compared to inflation. You have a really strong economy. But what I never hear anyone talking about is the fact that it's not just that we have low unemployment. That number is misleading. The participation rate in uh, the employment world is really, really low comparatively. And so what looks like a really low unemployment isn't actually the case because your participation rate's so low and it's it's making some economists look at this, in my view, incorrectly and projecting the recession further off than it actually is. Now, at least they're starting to admit that it's coming no matter what, um, but it's it's coming faster than uh, people, most mostly on the administration side, will admit and even faster than some people actually recognize. I mean, I, I've done the calculation, and not to get too deep in the weeds, but, you know, in the 30s and 40s, we had an inflation rate in somewhere in the 23% range. Yep. And then we went through uh, Carter in the 70s and yep. Reagan in the 80s and sort of brought back that prosperity and consistent growth. Well, Clinton uh, went through some inflationary period, and, and in order to keep what was fixed income payments lower because they're tied to inflation rate, he changed the way we calculate it. 
So that formula change, if you go back and look, what we're facing today is actually the highest inflation rate ever. And so that number is something in the neighborhood of 2.8 times what the actual inflation rate they're telling us is. So 8.6 multiplied by 2.8 brings you about a 24.08%. And when I looked back, I think the highest I ever saw was uh, high 23s. So for the sake of all of the folks listening, what you are feeling versus what the administration and your government officials are telling you, what you're feeling is right. What you know to be true is accurate, that we are in the highest inflationary period in our country's history. And not most of the administration, I think they recognize it and it's intentional, but even if they didn't recognize it or do recognize it, they don't care about us. They're not doing anything to address it. And we're all suffering. Yeah, you, you see that every day. I want to talk about what we can do a little bit about it in a few moments, if I can, with you. But let's talk about what well, before I ask you about what's what some of the causes are, Kelly, um, let me ask you this, if I can. Do you sense how far away from how certain are you we might get we will get to or are we already in a recessionary moment? Oh, I believe we already are. OK, yeah. we, we, we may find that they manipulate the way they calculate the numbers so that it looks like we've grown at a really small percentage of this quarter. Yeah. Uh, and, and because I think that's some what of that you need, right? You need two taking... quarters of negative growth, so they're going to try and doctor it so we can have something that doesn't show two quarters of negative growth, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, so the whole idea is basically to kick the can down the right. road, in my view. Right, right. Now, the administration uh, seems to be, the White House seems to be of mixed mind, depending on who you ask. If you ask the Secretary of Energy... Uh, or the president of the United States, they will blame Russia. If you ask the chairman of the Fed, he will say no, it started long before Russia went into the Ukraine or into Ukraine. Um, what is causing this, Kelly? And, and is Russia a big part of it? Well, Russia's part of it. You can't look past that. You can't ignore that. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's a big enough part of it to use as the excuse. I mean, this is this is three or four prongs. And the very first one was on the very first day of the administration shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline. Hold that, hold that Kelly. Now, Can I keep you another segment? Because i got to take a quick break here. Can I keep, you got time for one more? Yeah, of more? course, of course. All right, great. Yep. Kelly Cooper is our guest. Kelly Cooper for Congress. KellyCooperArizona.com is the website. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Kelly Cooper is our guest candidate for Congress running in District 4 here in Arizona to unseat Greg Stanton. KellyCooperArizona.com is the website. KellyCooperArizona.com. Kelly, right before the break, I'm sorry we had to interrupt with it, but right before the break, we were talking about causes of inflation, the administration blaming it all on Russia. You're, you, were, you were giving us a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a, of a more holistic view, if you would. Uh, feel free to continue there. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the administration is correct that they're not entirely all at fault. And I stress that word all at fault right. because they have had plenty of opportunity for mitigating uh, effects that they chose not to take or take, chose to take the exact opposite um, road. So on day one, they shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, that's not really producing or increasing the amount of oil, but it is... Uh, increasing the flow of to um, processing plants 
uh, oh God, the word refineries, my refineries, refineries. Yeah, there you yeah, go. That's, yeah. that's, that's the oh, word it happens to me too, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the fifties. <laughs> it happens. Right. <laughs> so yeah, oil refineries, uh, have been shut down. Now listen, when, when COVID first struck and everybody got shut down at the very beginning, we all understood, we didn't know what we were dealing with and we all understood that that was an acceptable response, but it's been carried way too long. And so the amount of our oil refineries that are open back up is limited. The amount of oil that's being produced is still limited. So some of that's based on the manipulation of supply of labor in our current administration's policies. Some of it is a business response. Uh, if, if I was asked um, or if I was told on a basically a daily basis that they wanted to shut me down, and I, when I say they, I mean the administration, they want to shut my business down. I'm not a decent businessman if I continue to reinvest my money into that business that I'm told daily that they want it to be shut down. Of course, absolutely. So, so I don't I don't charge more. I just stop reinvesting in that business. Right. Because you think uh, the government's going to put you out of business. The it. government is telling you Correct. they are going to put you out of business, and they're telling you to expand he, at the same time. Yeah. Not only did he say that on the campaign trail verbatim. Yep. He then on day one signaled that that was going to be the case yep. by shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline. Yep. And none of those none of those policies change demand in the world. So changing the supply without changing the demand creates an environment where you're going to have prices go up because that's that's the law. That's the way that it works in supply and demand. Uh, limiting the supply of labor through uh, those policies also created some of these effects not only on oil uh, and fossil fuel production, which then leads to energy and all the other stuff that goes along with it, but also limited uh, production, supply chain, everything that we do. And then you add on, uh, what was it, a $2 trillion build back yeah, exactly. plan? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. $2 trillion so of unnecessary take, spending when money was already unspent. Yeah. Correct. So when you take an environment where the supply of resources is low and then you not only don't change and reduce demand, but you then add extra capital on top of it that's sort of like monopoly money, but it, it, it acts as the same, you create that environment where your, your cost goes up. It's, it's long-term manipulation of, of your currency's value is really what's happening. And so what your dollar was worth a year ago, it's worth half of that now. And so you see it in your 401ks. You see it when you go buy groceries. You see it when you go buy gas. And the problem that I've always had with it, and I think everyone listening will have with it, is that most of the people making these decisions are genuinely not impacted in a massive way like we all are. Mm -hmm. And so they make decisions based on what's in their personal best interest, their wallet's best interest, and not what's in the best interest of the country. You know, so you see my restaurant prices going up, and I don't mean the prices we charge guests because it's really difficult in, in that environment to tell somebody, well, I know you just lost 50% of your income or 25% of your income, but I also have to charge you more. So we find different ways around trying to make sure that we can stay afloat even uh, through that. But most of the product I buy to produce, produce what we put on the table for people to buy is up 40 to 60 to 80%, and in some cases it's up three or 400%. You know, one of the other elements, uh, Kelly, we're talking to Kelly Cooper, candidate for Congress here in Arizona. One of the other elements that um, I'm guessing you have felt and seen, and it's really not talked about much. It's kind of the silent 
um, killer of the economy, and it's kind of the silent killer of small businesses too, is this regulation regime. Uh, people aren't talking about how much of the business environment's growth was attributable not just to the tax cuts under Donald Trump, but the elimination of a lot of regulations and the rule that you were going to take out two for every one created. Biden undoing that might be that alone, the regulations alone, <coughs> excuse me, Kelly, they might might constitute about a third of this problem. They really might. You you and the you and the well, restaurant you're, you're industry know about pretty it. Close. You're you're about right on. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you when you increase those burdens, you're talking about then also having to add on labor. Yep. Somebody's got to somebody in that supply chain has to manage all of those burdens, all of those regulations. Then on top of that, they have to pay systems, whatever the system is, to be able to. Uh, adhere to said regulation. Yep. I mean, it's it's inflationary. And, there, there's and no lawyers it, and, I would agree. and appeals right. and agencies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, what are the prospects for the restaurant industry going forward? Is it changing? Uh, you know, people complain about, you know, the, the very problem that you outlined. You know, we are in a situation where it's hard to hire. It's hard to keep good employees. Prices are going up. And people who come to the restaurants expect what they were used to in 2019. It's 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 sure. it's it's a must be a difficult position to be in. But are we going to get more to 2019, or is this the new normal for a while? Oh, I, I think that they've done enough uh, to push this far enough that it's going to take a little while to recover. Yeah, uh, I we can go in and we can use uh, the power of the purse to compel the administration to behave differently towards. Uh, fossil fuel they today so that they behave differently when it comes to covid policy uh, so some of the covid policies enacted in an environment where states would say okay you can go on unemployment without having to show that you're looking for work so basically you get four or five people that can live together they take unemployment and they're not living well don't get me wrong i'm not suggesting that but they're living at a point where they don't have to go right work. right there is a fulcrum that they've right. found right yeah right right so we can with with politicians that have a backbone and not a wishbone, mm -hmm. stand up with the power of the purse and compel the administration to reverse course on some of these policies. But the fact that we poured trillions of dollars into an economy that had limited supply has to work itself out. Yeah, yeah. And the the Fed the Fed is not the method for doing that. The Fed, if it's used appropriately to address this inflation will cause an immediately an, an immediate recession yeah. because they would have to raise rates at such a, a such a level yeah. that would it would, would be shock. uncontrolled it would yeah. be out of control yeah it would shock the system. so you have to have policies you, you have to go into uh, going back to energy independence and and I don't mean just oil and gas we can talk about it from an all of the above approach we can talk about nuclear and we can talk about some of these green energies and natural transitions but the foundation of our economy or the foundation of our energy infrastructure is built on fossil fuels. You when you just shut that off, you're talking about a huge investment in rebuilding that infrastructure managed by the government picking winners and losers creates that environment that costs a lot of money. If we allow that transition naturally because some people really want that, then you get into an environment that it's more approachable and, and it's built up as you go. I gotta leave uh, it there, Kelly. I'm hitting the break. I gotta leave it there, but bless you, sir. Kelly Cooper, Arizona dot com. Put a businessman and a warrior in Congress, someone who has signed the front and back of checks.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature. Good product, good people. Great product, great people. Uh, their campaign, you've seen some ads on TV to help teach families and children American history is exactly what this country needs. That's corporate responsibility. The product they put out boosts your energy, your health, and your immunity with nothing but fruits and vegetables. A blend of 15 whole vegetables and 16 whole fruits in just one daily dose. All the good stuff. Check them out at balanceofnature.com. I take it every single day. I was, I'm was, i in a little bit of a different mood right now than I was when I came in, aren't I, Bill? I was a little slow. I had an extra hard workout. I took my earlier balance. I took another dose. And listen to me now. <laughs> I'm a different person than I was a couple hours ago, wasn't I? Yeah, you can't overdose on fruits and veggies, but boy, do they really boost you up. You get that mid-afternoon slump. Check them out, balanceofnature.com, discount code BALANCE. Antonio in Phoenix, thank you for your patience, sir. Welcome to the show. Seth, you're doing God's work. Oh, and, and also, yes, he does look like Sergeant Carter. Doesn't he? I told, I yes. know he does. I knew it. If he was more forthcoming, he would have admitted that he was his nephew. Uh, <laughs> you know, that guy, I, I looked up that guy on the, on, the, on the break. I wanted to make sure I wasn't insulting him. Frank Sutton, no. that, Frank Sutton, the actor. You know, the actors yeah. of that generation, they have such great backstories. Uh, World War yeah. II vet, Frank Sutton, Bronze yeah. Star, Purple Star. I mean, some of these guys, it's just really impressive, and you never would have known it about them. Never would have known so, it. Yeah, so many of them had, had, uh, had you know, war, war records. Yeah. Didn't even talk about it. They Never just went about their business. Yeah, my favorite young- one is—I uh, don't know if you remember the uh, my one of my favorite actors too. He passed away a couple few years back. Uh, uh, Charles Durning, you may remember him as the governor in Oh Brother Where Art Thou, or the or the uh, he was also the governor in the Best Little You Know What in yes. Texas. Yeah, yes, yes. Tootsie, he was I, the father I, in Tootsie. He was like one of the most decorated World yeah. War II soldiers until the point he of his death. Yeah, he he. Uh, I didn't learn that about him until much much later. I, and let me tell you something: I'm not up on pop culture at all. Yeah, whether it's you know this generation's or last generation. <laughs> yeah, but, I um, think if I'm I citing was, the movie Tootsie, we can both admit my our pop culture yeah, is a little yeah. dated. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But 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 I I I uh, did a Wikipedia on him, and then I I followed it up a little bit and found out that he was highly. Oh, these guys are just so darn impressive. Such a different generation, yeah. you know. Yeah, those those guys are something out. They they truly don't make them like that anymore. They truly do not. Uh, is there a Hollywood star right now as big as any of those were that has that kind of record or any military record? Yeah. Is there? Yeah. I, I I don't mean to slight one that there may be, but I can't I, think I'm, of that person. No, I'm all ears. Yeah. I, 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 I don't remember hearing of anybody that came back from Iraq. And Now, it makes you know, its own sense. I know you called on something else. We'll give you time for you, Antonio. You waited Good. for me. I'm, I'm happy to give you the time back. Um, I can understand, in a sense, the difference. If you are, and we're now in an all-volunteer military situation, if you're the kind of human being and that, that signs up for the military and wants to fight for this country— and you're done when you're done with that activity, that war, whatever. Uh, 
you probably aren't the same type of human being that wants to go become an actor in Hollywood today. Whereas in those days, Hollywood would have you, – you take my point, right? Um, yeah. Hollywood in those sure. days, you know, it was. It was a much different place. It was welcoming and supportive yeah. of military ethics. Now, I think Hollywood has changed the military more than the military has changed Hollywood. Unfortunate and true. Yeah. Anyhow, that's not why you called in. I have to take a break. You got a little more weight in you, and we'll do it on the other side. All right, brother, because I really want to talk about what it says you want to talk about, which is uh, racism. I'm Seth Liebson. There's room for Antonio and more when we come back. 602-508-0960, and we will be right Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I am Seth. The number is 602-5080-960. Antonio, thank you again for your patience, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted to address the question that a, a caller uh, asked, and it's a great question because it, it, it covers so many bases. He said, well, what do you do when, when somebody calls you racist? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think in the age of Trump, whether you like him or not, I think Donald Trump answered a lot of those questions. Okay. First of all, you don't you don't back down and apologize to the media. Uh, you do what Ron DeSantis did, you know, and you tell you ask him, "Did you read the bill?" Mm-hmm. You know, referring to the go, "Don't get don't say gay bill." Mm-hmm. You you hit back, and uh, you know I want to say you fight fire with fire because I, I know that could lead into dangerous territory. Because when you get into the rhetoric of name-calling, then that moves on to a whole another. you know, that es- that's, an, that's a form of escalation. And you covered this topic quite well a few weeks ago. And you, you, uh, you, you, spoke, you spoke about the dangers of that type of rhetoric. I think you even touched on what happened in Rwanda uh, and the climate uh, prior to the massacre in Rwanda. Um, because of race you know, so, and racialism, over 800,000 people lost their lives. Over 800,000. Thank you for thank you for putting that number out there. I think and, I'm right. And, I, I haven't looked it up in a while, but I think that's the number. I think I'm right about that. Those are the more conservative numbers. Yeah, okay. Some, so I've read numbers that think it could have been over a million. It, it easily could have when you're dealing with that, with that level. Absolutely. Okay. Especially the way it was conducted. It was so random. More than the U.S. Civil War, let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there, there were no battlefields. There was, no. there was a truck full of guys with right. cheap Chinese machetes, right. just like they show in the movie. Right. It was sporadic. Right. It was random. It, it was This is what mayhem. the obsession with race does to a country. This is what it does. This, it, precisely. And it's gotten to the point in America, as, as uh, I think a, somebody earlier was discussing, uh, that you, you couldn't even have a conversation with these people. Um, on another show, uh, as some, uh, there was uh, somebody running for Congress on uh, another show earlier this afternoon on 960, and he was talking about how you can't even have a discussion with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am a firm believer in never backing down. You don't give up. I'm a firm believer in how to deal with the bully. 
There is only one way to deal with the bully. There is. There is. And, and I, 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 I won't repeat it over the air, uh, but I will say you have to fight fire with fire because they don't, bullies, don't, that's their M.O., you know? Let me ask and, you this, Antonio. Let me let me run this by you. I was listening to a discussion on Gork, Seb Gorka's show. Mm, yeah. It was either a few days ago or last week. I just don't remember. But it wasn't two weeks ago. And he was talking with uh, Conrad Black. You may have heard Conrad Black on his oh, show of course. before. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard him. And I think, it, yeah, and they were talking about uh, Donald Trump's reaction to being called a racist. I think it was in one of the debates specifically. And Conrad was saying, big supporter of Trump, obviously, uh, and, right. and and owes a lot to Trump himself. He's indebted to Trump on uh, on his own, uh, for his own freedom. But Conrad Black was saying he kind of uh, wishes Trump was a little more sympathetic in his responses uh, because he thought, that strong stance of the president's and just saying, get the hell out of here with that kind of stuff, nonsense. He thought he thought that on this issue, Donald Trump could have shown a slightly softer side. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Conrad's right I, or not. I just I wanted to float that by you um, let, let me because re- I do. Let, ha- let I have my re- own reaction when someone calls me a racist I, and I'd I, love to I'll hear you. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. Good. I'll tell you, there's there's a. Things I don't like about Trump, one of them was, let's face it, he's not very eloquent. Right. He, he's truly not eloquent. He, he speaks the people's language, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I know it. I love it. I appreciate it. But, but I'm willing to listen. Uh, Trump would, uh, and I would never say, I, I wouldn't use the word, I, you know, I wish he would be a little bit uh, more sympathetic. I wish he would be a little bit more like Newt Gingrich. Okay. I don't know if you remember... Um, during the presidential debate, how um, uh, Newt Gingrich was asked the question about um, his infidelity. I remember I it, it so well, and everyone yes. should rewatch that. It was a stupid yes. question. Opening the debate by the guy at CNN, what's his name? Uh, King, John King at CNN. It was the right. first question of the debate. I think it was the 2012 debates. I think it was. And he yes. said, um, he said, Mr. Gingrich, uh, there have been a lot of reports in the news today of allegations of abuse from your ex-wife. Would you like to address them? And without missing a beat, Newt Gingrich said, no, but right. I will. And then he just right. tore it down. That's how that yes. that was a better model. Yes, yes, that yes. was a better yes. model. And I've never seen anybody who, you know, he probably had was prepared for that. Sure, sure he was. Sure he was. But I've never seen any any retort right. given anywhere. Right. It was as if he he practiced. I mean, he absolutely incinerated. That that uh, that journalist, John King. And yeah, he, he was, I, totally yeah. right. Your memory is mine. That is the model to how to handle it. That would have been the better yeah. model. Yep. That's the model. That's the model. Now I don't expect everybody. Right. To Not everyone can as, be as eloquent as Newt Gingrich. That's for certain. No. Right. And that, that that was probably one of the best examples of his eloquence. And if he practiced it, so be it. But but even practiced the the way he did it. I mean, I've never seen anybody so absolutely demolished. He burnt that guy to the ground, and then when he was done, he blew the ashes off the stage. 
I mean, he, he got rid of that guy. Um, he, he, he just put him down, basically. Now, again, I don't expect anybody to be that eloquent. Yeah, that yeah it's, a, it's the high standard. It's the high watermark. And it's a high yeah, standard, yeah. But, but we have to, when, when we're called racist, we have, to, we have to fight fire with fire and say, and say, you know, rather than talking about my supposed racism, let's talk about the effects of your racist identitarianism on our culture, on, on every blue city, on uh, the psyche of, of uh, black and brown bodies, as they say, you know, because that's what they're exercising. They're, they're exercising a, 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 an ideology that, that's, you know, for, for, all, for all the other names, it, it really is, uh, it's racist identitarianism. I think that's and right. I think that's right. And the other thing I think is worth pointing out, too, is if someone calls you a racist, um, you know, Why? Can we define what racism means? I would like right. you to ask them to define what it means, because if they're going to call you something, they have the moral obligation of knowing what they're talking about. And it's not because you oppose a position on energy prices. And it's not because you uh, right. think that we can't shift to non-fossil fuel economies tomorrow. It, it has to mean something. If you're going to call me it something, to- it has to mean something. Right, right. And I'm glad you went to that point, because that was my next point. So if, if they say, well, you know, because by your standard, you know, the, the, the speaker could then say, because by your standards, you're a white, by your own standards, right. you're a white supremacist because right. you're not, because of your, what your policies are doing to inner city Americans, yep. you know, black and by brown By that Americans. standard, absolutely. Absolutely. You want to talk about disparate impact? Let's talk about disparate impact. Let's look at the, how you're helping the percentages of, uh, of the minorities in your community, in your blue community. Abs- Antonio, great call. Thank you. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Carefree highway, let me slip away from the valley of the clouds. Be careful out there. (laughs) No slipping and sliding on Carefree or any other street in Phoenix today. Welcome back. If you are looking for a really unique investment opportunity, check out my friends at Y-Refi. They are my friends. I've spent a great deal of time with them. They're offering a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a collateralized and secure Portfolio. It's a due diligence firm, Y-Refi. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087. They are a local company. You can go visit them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They'll just make an appointment to tell you what they do. And let it speak for itself. It will speak volumes. Investyrefi.com. Uh, to the point, uh, to the point Antonio was making in our last uh, segment, you know, you can do this on any other number of allegations or charges or slanders that are thrown your way. I did this in the first hour. Uh, I'll do it again. It's where it bears repeating. Uh, notice what the Democratic trick is going to be, though. If you're called a racist and you either convince someone that you're not or you denounce, uh, you, you renounce the charge sufficiently for them, do understand what their go-to is. 
which is, well, Donald Trump's a racist and you support him. That's a racist thing to do or you're a racist for supporting him. That is what the Democratic effort is to paint the entire Republican Party as racist, if not white supremacists. That is the effort. That is the attempt. It comes down to the same thing with what they're doing on January 6th. That's why Joe Biden said January 6th was a white supremacist riot. It wasn't. It was a riot. It wasn't a white supremacist riot. Hard to have an Afro-Cuban being the ringleader and be a white supremacist. But that's that's the effort. When the chairman of the DNC calls the Republican Party a party of fascism, that's the effort. Understand this group and collective responsibility and guilt. But push back on this January 6th effort to tie Donald Trump to violence. Here's the pushback. Civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. Not until they win can we be civil. And then, of course, you had the former attorney general of the United States. (laughs) But Michelle Wood says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No, no. When they go low, we kick them. That's what, that's what this new Democratic Party is about. It's the new Democratic Party. No, it ain't your grandfather's or father's Democratic Party, Joe Biden. The Republican Party hasn't changed. Your party, maybe it hasn't either, given your obsessions with nullification and race. Maybe it hasn't either. But to Eric Holder, it's becoming more violent. And not only is it, it should But peacefully and patriotically marching, that's insurrection. Okay, just so we understand our terms. I'm Seth. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.